Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good evening. It's lovely to welcome you, and uh, I want to say thank you to Bangor Worldwide for inviting me to come and talk about uh, the ministry I'm involved with, that is Langley Institute of Ministry, uh, and uh, the work that we're doing in Africa and India and Nepal and Pakistan, except that um, I really want to focus more on Pakistan uh, this evening. A funny thing happened to me on the way to becoming a global missionary or a global inspirer of missionary, of mission. And that was that I became a pastor for 37 years. And uh, you might think, well, that's an excellent grounding, and it certainly has been. But I was a very reluctant, a very reluctant pastor. Although God really called me, I wanted to be a missionary right at the beginning. Soon after I was converted at the age of 20, um, I was called to go to the Bible Training Institute in Glasgow, where I stayed for three years. And I must say, I offered myself for every conceivable area of mission in the world. And uh, God kept on pointing me back to this country. He kept pointing me back to the United Kingdom. And so, when the opportunity came when I was 65 in 2015 to retire, (laughs) um, I decided this is the God-given opportunity for me to... um, to be involved in global ministry. I'd already started working with a group of pastors in Africa. We planted uh, 27 churches in the Mawa region of Kenya, and uh, I began to go over there and mentor them and help them uh, in conducting seminars and, and teaching, teaching them. But then something incredible happened in 2015, 2014, should I say. Um, I think I'll just mention about Sajid. If I, nothing's happening. Ah, great. This is Sajid Sadiq. In 2014, he wanted to be my Facebook friend, okay? Probably something that happens to you again and again. People want to be your Facebook friends, especially if they see you've got some form of ministry. And I said, no. The second time he asked me, I said, no. And then he asked me a third time. And I asked him, why do you want to become my Facebook friend? He said, because I can see that you're walking with Jesus and I want you to teach me all about Jesus. He said, me and my family, we're third-generation Roman Catholics, and we don't really understand what it is to know Jesus as a living Savior. So I spent the next, uh, I said, I'll walk with you for six months. 
And that's what I did with Sajid. I walked with him, and uh, within, by, by the time May came, he had committed his life to Christ. He had led all his family to Christ and his cousins as well. And so then I decided I wanted to go over to Pakistan, meet him, pray with him, continue to mentor him and strengthen him in the Lord because he was already experiencing some real difficulties. We'd already started about uh, building a school. And so I stood on the roof of Sajid's building, uh, his, his home, and, and I said, uh, why don't we build a school on the top of your building? Let's build an academy here because we were renting a building for £50 a month. And it was very precarious because sometimes the owner said, well, I want to put it up to £100 a month. And it was very, very, very volatile. So I said to Sajid, let's start a, a ministry on the roof of your building. And he laughed. He said, I said, how much would it be? And he did his sums and he said, £1,100. You couldn't buy a, sh a shed for that. And so... That's what we did. We built, a, uh, built the academy, built a school on the top of his building. We had a leadership training center. We planted a number of churches in the place where he lives. And uh, things began to go from strength to strength. Let me show you what has happened since then. Well, now we've got 17 centers uh, in Pakistan alone with over 400 students. And I'll share with you in a minute the kind of things that we're studying. My passion is that people in India and Africa and Nepal, particularly Pakistan, will be in love with Jesus. I want them to know the word, to understand it, and to be transformed by its power. How many of you know tonight that God, the word of God is transforming? We've got, to, we've got to let people know what this word is, what it meant in its original context, and what it means today. If we take it seriously, it can transform our lives. Here's another look. Amen. Here's another look. Really summarizing, the green area is Africa. And I've got... Uh, I've got 172 students in, uh, we've got 172 students in Africa. The red is uh, in Nepal. We've just started a center in Nepal, and we're just about to launch a new center in Kathmandu. The mustard-colored uh, shape is India, and so we've got 85 students in India. And these students, many of them are pastors who have not been theologically trained. And they represent something like 3,000 3, Christians or those that they're seeking to reach for Christ. So it's, a, it's an enormous uh, mission field. Let's move on. I want to share with you very briefly the kind of things that we're doing, the kind of things that we're teaching. Most of, most of the teaching I do is via Skype. It's much easier, mind you, Skype and the internet is very volatile. Sometimes it works. Any of you who know what it is to uh, try and reach people in other countries will know how volatile the internet can be. But most of my teaching, uh, our teaching is through Skype or, or Microsoft uh, Messenger. 
We use that. And it's either done by me or one of my 29 leaders in these countries that I've mentored, these, these men and women. I've mentored them and helped them to know Jesus and helped them to resonate with passion uh, the love of Jesus. And so, so let's look quickly, a scamper through the kind, we've got 10 modules with about 10 uh, subjects in each module that we'll go through. The first one, the first five, by the way, lead to the certificate in theology, and the final five lead to the diploma. And we're just about to have our first students graduating with a diploma in theology, and they're so excited, and I'm so excited with them. So we start with Christian life and witness, then we go on to the life and teaching of Jesus. We want to know uh, uh, why Jesus came, uh, what was Jesus before he was born, who was Jesus, why did he become a man, his humanity, his humility, his compassion and authority, his miracles and parables, his kingdom teaching, and then we go on to pastoral theology. It's so important that we teach the dignity of human humanity. The worth of every human being on this planet and that's not often understood by the students that I seek to teach. So, the value of everything that God has created, the value of the little unborn baby in the womb, the value of the elderly person who's near to death. And then hermeneutics. Let me go back because I missed hermeneutics, which which you'll all know is the science of understanding the Scriptures, how we interpret the Scriptures. And the questions we need to be asking is, what did this passage mean then? And what does it mean today? So we need to deal with the Bible with integrity um, and with great care. Hermeneutics. And then homiletics. Homiletics is simply um, how we communicate the Bible. In so many different ways, and if we really must, we use words. <laughs> we need to communicate the truth of the scriptures in a way that is culturally relevant. And I spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time teaching our students. And then we move on to other very practical areas where there's a lot of confusion and a lot of wrong teaching. We look at healing and deliverance. What is sickness? What is the root cause of sickness? Mental and spiritual, the nature of evil, its origin, and, and the authority that Jesus gives to us to stand against all the power of the evil one. So, world religions, we look at religions and what is totally unique about Christianity. No other religion talks about a God who loved the world and came down to see the world transformed. He's willing to die on the cross, rose from the dead, and his body is not rotting in some Galilean tomb somewhere. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. And then we look at world mission and apologetics. Apologetics isn't saying sorry all the time. It's giving a reason for what we believe in a way that is intelligible. And leads to commitment to Jesus and his truth. 
So ninth is the history and theology of the church. What is the church? We look at biblical descriptions of the church. We look at its growth in the Bible. And of course, we come in the end to the book of Acts and Acts chapter 29. You say there isn't a a chapter 29 in Acts. Correct. You are Acts 29. We are Acts 29. Okay. So, then what happens? 10, we look at world issues. We think about the importance of thinking biblically about ourselves and all that we do in our world, our role in the world. We look at the doctrine of God and man. We looked at our, we recognize that, that we are flawed human beings. We look at God's sovereignty and human freedom. We look at, we look at the issue of, uh, obviously, of, of human trafficking. We look at various other issues of poverty and persecution. And we seek to address these in a biblical, in a biblical way. How do we do it? How do we get it all done? Well, I spend a lot of my time, at least two, maybe three hours a day, mentoring my leaders from six in the morning normally, and uh, we spend a lot of time talking and praying together and trying to sort out issues that, uh, that my leaders are facing all the time. They've always got questions. I want to seek to envision them, to challenge the culture that they are inhabiting, uh, not to replace um, their culture with my culture. We've got to be very careful not to do that. We want to replace it with a kingdom, a kingdom culture. I don't want them to become like me. I don't want them to become like our Western church. Materialistic flabby. Oh God, come with your spirit and awaken us as leaders in these days. So, as I said, teaching by Skype, we offer support to our leaders. Many of them are living in poverty. Isn't it very difficult to teach your leaders to trust Jesus when you've got so much, so many things? We're so rich. And yet, you know, we need to model, we need to model a dependency on the Lord Jesus. At this moment in time, six of my leaders are facing crippling illnesses. A number of my leaders have been falsely accused One of my leaders is just about to go into prison because he's been accused of selling alcohol. And uh, who's buying the alcohol? Many Muslims come into the, the colony at night to buy the alcohol. It's a very lucrative business. And yet you can be beheaded, imprisoned for selling alcohol. And of course... My dear friend, Victor, isn't, isn't guilty of that. But he needs support. We need to gather around these people as though we were in prison with them. We need to feed the hungry. Sorry, Keith, stop preaching. And uh, forgive me. What would Jesus do is a question I'm always encouraging them to an- ask me. Uh, what would Jesus do? 
And let's do as Jesus would do. That's, that's not often very easy to do. I'm always wanting to encourage our leaders to think team. I want to encourage our leaders to build team. And for your prayers, this is very, very difficult. Because I found in India, as well as Pakistan, that so many of our leaders are building their own little empires. And they're not really connecting with other mission agencies. And they're not really connecting with other churches. Because they want, they want to build up their own ministry. They want to build up their own, their own kingdom. And so I'm constantly, we are constantly, please forgive me when I'm saying I. You know what I mean when I'm saying I. I mean we. Langley Institute of Ministry is constantly wanting to teach team. Why did Jesus, when he ascended, send leaders into his church, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? Not to do all the work, but to see the work being done. And I want to encourage, we want to encourage our leaders to teach the gifts of the Spirit and to see people, the gifted, released to do the work of ministry. I love the way in Ephesians, I've got it marked here in 11 to 16, the way Paul talks about the importance of leader gifts given to the church to equip the church to do the ministry. And that word equip is the same that's used by a surgeon for bringing back broken ends together, a broken bone so that then that which was wounded and that which was broken can be used again. Incidentally, it's the same word that is used in Matthew, where Jesus called his first disciples. And what were they doing? They were mending their nets. What were they doing? They were bringing broken ends together. They were equipping the nets to be cast out and used again. This is the role of ministry. To bring the broken ends together, to heal the wounded, to make it work again. Think team, encourage unity, hook up with others. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. And one of the biggest things that we've been doing, we've been doing recently, we, we wrote a code of practice. We only became a charity this last February. And so one of the things we've been doing is teaching a code of practice. How should we behave with children? How should we behave with vulnerable adults? And this has been a very difficult thing, but when I was last out in Pakistan teaching all my leaders, bringing them together into one place, it's one of the things I couldn't stop batting on about the dignity of every human being. We, we have a responsibility before God to protect the vulnerable. And this is quite a new thing for my leaders. And I've worked with other mission agency on this. And they've said to me, you know, I guarantee that many of your pastors will be beating their wives. I guarantee it. And this is one of the things we've been teaching into. The importance of a good 
holistic code of practice which is workable. Some are just some pictures of some of the lovely stories I could spend ages telling you. Here's Shia, Shia. He was brought to me the last time I was in Pakistan with his arm was welded in that position. He was scolded terribly with burning fat, deliberately. And uh, what could we do? Yes, we prayed for Shia, but you know what? I told a church when I came back, and, and they said, how much would it cost to fix this guy's arm, to have plastic surgery? $200. $200. And look at him there. Look, his arm's all straight. I asked him, what do you want to do now, Shia? He said, I want a bowl for Pakistan. <laughs> and I believe he will. I believe he will. It's wonderful. So many pictures. Look, we, built, we put uh, clean water refiners uh, in, our, in our academy and some of our training centers. Just 250 pounds. And it's, it's, it's a miracle because now our children are drinking pure water. Just because water is clear doesn't mean to say it's good and pure. And so these are things that we can do which are, which, and in Langley Institute of Ministry, we try to make it possible for ministries to be sustainable. So we're, we're developing sewing machine projects. We've got four in Pakistan now. And so many of our ladies are now wage earners. They're the only wage earners in their homes. Many of our ladies, 21 ladies learning to sew, including some Muslims. But you know, while they're learning to sew, they study the scriptures. There is a teacher teaching them the word of God. And many have become Christians in India, Hindus, in Nepal, Buddhists, coming to Christ in these ways. Don't you want to say hallelujah about that? And in Nepal, we're building a, a fruit-pickling factory which can enable the ministry to be sustained, sustained and grow. Please pray this uh, hair look. She's holding up the beautiful dress she's just made. And weeks later, this, our sewing machine center, I won't say where it is, but the local Iman forced them to close down. They said, if you don't close the line and move somewhere else, we will invoke the blasphemy law against you. And you will, may, you will, you will go into prison. All of you. And so, Sajid was in a desperate place at this time. He said, he said this is terrible. What am I going to do? I said, let's trust Jesus. What would Jesus do? You know, within weeks, we had enough to rent another center and we had more sewing machines, and we had more ladies learning how to sew. Hallelujah. Yes, it's wonderful. I'm going to rush on because I don't want to overrun my time. We've given out food at every, all of our services. This is me conducting a seminar. Uh, this is Sajid. We try and develop auxiliary lighting system because you may, may know that the trouble is in Pakistan and places like this, the, the electrical supply will will fail two or three times a day. Suddenly they're plunged into darkness, and so we have an auxiliary electrical supply so they can keep us going. And uh, 
Here's a whole group of students receiving the Bibles, their very own Bibles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, if you come to our prayer meeting at 10 o'clock, I want to encourage you to come. We're going to pray particularly for, for Imran Khan. He, we need to be praying for him. He stuck his neck out in uh, wanting to revive the Jihanya legacy, which means all people should be treated equally. I won't rush through this. We're going to pray. We're going to pray tomorrow uh, about these things. We want to develop more sustainable projects. We want to buy laptops and printers and projectors and internet hubs. We want to develop buildings that are more relevant. We want to course material to teach literacy. Yes, we've got a number of literacy projects teaching people to read and write. Pray for our persecuted Christians. Last Saturday, one of my dear friends, I was in his home last year. Uh, Ashkar was killed last Saturday because of his faith in Jesus. So much to do. So much to do. Here's the shape of a cross that's made visible through people working together, bringing their hands together, people from different nations, making the shape of cross, making the cross visible. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And I believe my time is gone. Thank you so much for listening. And do come if you possibly can tomorrow morning. Thank you. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.